I'm going to share with you this morning. We're talking about relating. Can you relate? And all of us can relate on some level about anything. Like last week, we looked at this thing called birth. Everybody can relate to being born. You don't remember it, but uh, everybody else around you tells you about it. Um, we can relate to, uh, we don't remember that first, you know, we don't remember that. Now, we remember them later in life when it wasn't, when we weren't so little. I'm like, boom, Okay, we remember those. We can relate to them. Some of us, we can relate to a spanking. Others relate to a whooping, and there is a difference. In case you're wondering, there is a difference from a spanking and a whooping. Um, I got whoopings, and, and not that I didn't deserve them, because we would play rodeo cowboy with my dad, and, and it'd be like, uh-oh, I knew I'd messed up, and I'm like, he came looking, I was like, Mark, I'm like, you know when somebody calls your name, and you can relate to this, the way they call your name, you instantly know something? You know what I'm saying? When they call, like when, when I get the word, when I get when my dad would call, Mark, I went, Mm, that's not, hey, Mark, that's Mark. I'm like, mm, that's not good. And so uh, I knew instantly this, this is not going to turn out real well. And so we relate to different things. How about anybody relate to your first crush? You know, you remember that? And, you know, your first heartbreak and like, you know, you thought it was going to be over. You know, and you were in third grade and it's just over. You know, you just, my life is over as I know it. Um, any number of things that we go through, we can relate. And, and um, this is simply what it means real quickly. We've got a little definition to help you out. Relate is to show or establish logical or causal. Like there's logical, this is going to happen. Like logically, I'm going to be in relationship with my children. Now, how good and how bad, that's up to me. I get, to, to, I get, I get some say so and they get say so. But it's logical and causal connection between uh, to have relationship or connection and then uh, to understand and like or have sympathy for someone or something. It's like, like I, I, I don't just love my wife. I like my wife. There's a difference. And some of you all know what I'm talking about. There's a difference like, oh, I like coming home. Like, oh, you know, right now, y'all be keep her on your prayer list. She's been sick for about three or four days. And so. We've been nursing her back to health, and praise God, I believe today, she, her fever broke last night. We're like, thank you, Lord. Moving on. So this is what we do. Here as a body, this is what we're called to. We're all here in a relationship, believe it or not. Every one of us, like it or not. You can look around, you're like, mm-hmm, we're together. Right here, Sunday morning. And this is what we're called to do. Hebrews 10, 24, and 25 says it this way. Let us consider how we may spur one another on. Spur one another on what? Toward two things. Love and good deeds. How can we spur each other to do those? Not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day. The day approaching. That day means there's a day coming where I don't get to work anymore. I don't, there's anything I was going to do to help, anything I was going to say, anything like, like for me, I believe I'm supposed to tell people how wonderful they are before their funeral when they can hear it. Can some of y'all say amen? Like, they were so good. And I'm like, I'd love to heard that. You know, that'd have been something might have encouraged me somewhere. And so we can start sharing that, not just, on that day, and so, but there's a day coming where we won't be able to do anything, and and that's what we wanted. That's what we're looking at. It's our focus that we don't just look at today. We look at the day coming, and Lord, I, I want to make a difference 
right here in Brunswick, Georgia. And so this morning, we're going to be looking at, last week we looked at relating to the world, and we're going to look at relating as friends. Relating as friends. And I know in here, if you've, have, if you've been alive for any length of time, you've had best friends that are no longer BFFs, you know. We were best friends forever, forever. Or until some boy got in the way. Or until some girl got in the way. And no, I do not even want to look at them. You know what I'm saying? It could get, it gets ugly in a hurry if we're not careful. But when we look at this thing of relating to friends, we have to look at what's our part and what's their part. We all have a part to play in this thing of relating to each other. And all of us have had situations where we've done it well. And all of us have had situations where we've done it not so well. Like, we could say where I haven't been a best friend like I should have, or I didn't do what I probably should have. But this is our hearts as we look through this. Jesus, he had 12 men that he walked with for three years. It takes a little time to develop. I know if we were to find friendship, it would have something to do with, these words would be used in there like trust, time. It it would be honesty. There would be these number of things that would be listed in there, and they're good. But it takes time to develop those things and that's what jesus after three years he's at the last supper and in john 15 15 he makes this statement he tells his disciples i no longer call you servants why because a servant does not know his master's business like think about it those who are serving they just say hey i need you to go do this i need you to get that i need you to get that i need you to get that and many people in the church if we're not careful, we see ourselves as servants rather than a friend. Like, if I were to ask you right now, which one resonates in your mind more, being a servant of God or being a friend of God, you'd be like, hmm, a friend? Like, like he's my friend. Like, we just hang out and have fun. We, we go places and we do stuff and we get to have a great time wherever we go and, and we get to, we get to have, make an impact. He talks to me, I talk to him. We have this relationship. Which one would it stand out the most? And that's what Jesus said he wanted. He said, instead, I call you friends. And I know there was a song a while back, he calls me friend. <laughs> I would just say this, um, I, I call him friend, and, and he's called me to be a friend. And I get to answer that call. It says, for everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. And that's what Jesus wants to do. He's come to establish his kingdom in our hearts. And I've gone through a little list. I'm going to do for y'all this morning the ABCs of friendship. And uh, I know when I say that, some of you are very analytical and you go, Mark, there's 26 letters in the alphabet. Please tell me you're not going to go through 20. I'm not. Just so you know, relax. For those of you, we're not doing all 26. We're just going to go through about five of them. And by the way, this is what I love when I get to speak. It's this thing here. This is not a conclusive, it's not an exhaustive. You actually can use your mind and use your heart and go, that might have been better if that wasn't. You, you can take and use this how you want and let it, let it breathe life in your heart. So the first one we're going to look at, this letter A, I, I just want to put it this way. Let, the, the number one thing I think for a friend is we've got to be available. Be available. Like when you're, when you're in, when you're going through something, you want somebody there with you walking through that. And so when you're available, and I know now because of these little guys right here, we're available all the time. Amen? All the time. Unless you shut it off. Um, 
But we want to make sure that when we're walking with someone, we're available to them. That we can have, they can have access to us. That's what Acts 2, 46 and 47, this was disciples after the Holy Spirit fall, fell. They were actually, they worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper. And by the way, if those of you may not know, we have the Lord's Supper every Sunday morning. You can partake of it. You can come before and worship. Even after service, it's right there. You can partake and remember what Jesus has done for us. That's what he said. Do it in remembrance. You get to do that. They met in homes and shared the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. Look what happened as a result of that, being available to each other. And all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day... The Lord added to their fellowship those who were being regenerated, those who were being renewed, those who were being restored, those who were being connected to Him. Again, in in Hebrews 3.13, it says this, the writer says, But encourage each other every day while it is today. Why? Um, Help each other so none of you will become hardened because of sin has tricked you. How many know that we many times live our life in our own head and in our own life and we're, we're going things and we're thinking our own thoughts and we go through stuff? We need somebody to break that off because sometimes we don't think so well. Our, our minds can take us places they never were meant to go and it'll keep us longer than they went to stay. It's so good when you receive a text from somebody and say, hey man, just thinking about you, God bless you. It, it doesn't have to be something super, just hey, just thinking about you. We need to encourage each other with that. Okay, the first one, be available. The second one, be believable. Be believable. This, this is a, a word, I like to break it down with two other separate words, but the B matched with A, B, C, D, so I had to do it that way. Um, authentic, real. Be authentic and be real. How many have ever had a friend that was trying too hard? They were just trying too hard. you just like, they were working real hard, and you're going... I don't know that, but I just want to be a friend with you. You're cool, just like you are. And they work so hard at it that they don't actually get to connect. And this is what First John tells us, 1, 7, and 8. It says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship. We have koinonia. We have connection with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Then it goes on to say, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. Let's be honest. In the church, <laughs> this is what the world is having to struggle with because the people walking around, they're wanting to make judgments and wanting to say stuff. And it's like, they got, we got stuff in our life. See, when, when you're, when you give your life to Christ, we call them mistakes. But before we give our life to Christ, it's sin. And I'm telling you, even in the church, there's things that we do that are contrary to work God's word. And it is sin. It is missing the mark. It is doing something we, we shouldn't do it. And, and This is where we have to walk together. That's what we're in our semester of small groups. If you're not a part of a small group, this is a great way to get involved and get connected with other people so you can talk through stuff. You can just connect and work through a a specific area. And by the way, in your bulletin, there's a list of them. I encourage you to go through that at a later time. 2 Corinthians 4.2 says this, We reject all shameful deeds and underhanded methods We don't try to trick anyone or distort the word of God. We tell the truth before God and all who are honest know this. In other words, we we don't try to be something we're not. 
We, we don't try to put on a facade and say, you know, anybody that's been around me any length of time, they know that that man's got problems. <laughs> that man, <laughs> see, yeah. okay, it ain't that funny, y'all. <laughs> Are they that apparent, man? <laughs> it's like, geez, that's why y'all still here praying for me because I need it. We all have that. And so the thing is, when we try to promote or, or try to be something we're not, all we're doing is turning somebody out and turning somebody away. So we need to be believable. We need to be um, be available, be believable. And then, let's, let's look at this one, be concerned. Genuinely concerned about what people are walking through. And that's where it takes a little more. It gets a little deeper when you get into that because I've got to actually empathize, not just simply sympathize. I don't just go, oh, okay, let me go back to what I was doing. It goes, hey, that really hurts me that you're hurt. That affects me, not in the exact same way, but in a way that I'm moved, that I need to do something. I don't just give a, a lip service or something. It's like, I need to do what I can to do that. And that's what Philippians 4.2 says. Do not be interested only, Philippians 4.2, do not be interested only in your own life, but be interested in the lives of others. Get connected, get concerned, look at, look around and see what people are going through. James 1, 19 and 20, it says this, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone, that's all of us, every one of us. Now I think we usually get this mixed up many times because we get it reversed. It's, we, we, it's supposed to be quick, slow, slow, but a lot of times we go slow, quick, quick, and you got, it, it can mess things up. It says, everyone should be quick, the greatest communication skill you can have. Quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And how many times do we reverse that? We're quick to speak. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we, we just want to get it out there. We're slow. <laughs> Excuse me. We're slow to listen. We're quick to speak, and we're quick to become angry because we won't stop and say, Lord, I need to connect. I need to hear what they're saying because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires that's what so we need to be available we need to be believable we need to be concerned we also need to be devoted we need to be devoted like like we walk through stuff together like some of my best friends they're the ones we walk through stuff together like like it's not just a little thing it's like they got my back and i've got their back that i i don't push them away we've heard the term fair weathered friend like when the sun's just right and the wind's blowing and everything but when the storms come crashing in and things don't look so good, they don't really have, quote, anything to offer me, that's where devotion kicks in and say, look, I, I, I'll go through this with you. I'll walk through it. Proverbs 17, 17 says this, a friend loves all the time. They love you all the time. And a brother helps in time of trouble. It's when trouble comes, like when everything's great, man, it's easy. But when things get rough, that's when I need who's with me, who's going to walk this out. And then um, in Romans 12, 9 and 10, it says this. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. That's a tough thing to do, especially in social media and other things. We want to tout our accomplishment. That's why you don't see much from me at all. It's kind of like, hey, I just want, Lord, you be exalted in everything. And then finally, the last one is... Um, be encouraging. 
Like everybody needs an encouraging word. You, you remember the time when you were down and out or things were really looking rough and you didn't think it was going to work out so well and somebody came up and said, hey man, you got this. You're going to do all right. You, you're going to make it. You're like, what, I am? <laughs> no, I don't think I am. I, everything I'm looking at right now says it is not going to be okay. And when you say, no, it's going to be okay, you're like, no, it's not. You're like, yeah, it's going to be okay. And you have somebody to come around and encourage you that you can make it, that you can do it, that's, that's a powerful thing where you build people around you. And, and, and sometimes it's hard. Sometimes you got to look past the exterior to see the interior to say, I'm not just saying this. I believe God is going to do this in your life. And that's what 1 Peter 4, 8 says this. Most important of all, most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. For love covers a multitude of sins. See, we're living in a culture where we want to pick them out and we want to expose everything and we want everybody to see everything. We want to place it on billboards except for ours. Except for ours. Like, we, we, yeah, let's put it up there. Let's put theirs up there on the screen so everybody can see what they did. And it was like, just remember when we do, it's like, hold it. Am I going to put mine up there too? Am I going to play the videos of mine where I've messed it? Or are we just going to look at others? So we need to be deeply committed to one another because it covers that. And then, I love this one, Romans 15, 13. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace. That's what Paul's praying. I want you to be filled with it all. Why? Because you trust in Him. Then you will overflow with confident hope. Like it's going to be okay. This is what I'm talking about. Through the power of the Holy Spirit that's operating on the inside. I know this morning as we were worshiping, hope and love and joy and peace and man just welling up in us. It's the, it's the Spirit of God that brings that to us and we don't deserve it. It's not something you can work for. It's something you, you don't earn. It's something you allow Him to completely fill us with. And why is that? Because we're going to transition real quick right here. Because up until this point, we're thinking about our friends. We're thinking about relationships. We're thinking about who we know and who we don't know and what we're, what we're, who we're involved with and who we're not involved with. But God has something much more. And this is what He said. This is what our mission, this is what our purpose is. Our purpose is to love God and to love others, period. Like I've got to, my number one is my, my relationship with Him. I've got to spend time. It has to come out of this way first. And then I can rightly I can rightly go to those around me. But if I spend all my time this way and I never spend any time saying, Lord, here, have your way. Lord, work it out in me. This right here is going to be mixed up and messed up. And so this is what Jesus said. And this is where it's going to get some of those words spoken this morning. Somebody's tent might be broken down this morning a little bit. In Luke chapter 6, 27 and 28, Jesus said this. He said, but to you who are listening, you who are listening, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Hold on just a second. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Mark, we were talking about friendship. <laughs> I was nice and cute. We're going to be available to each other. We're going to be believable. We're going to be concerned. We're going to be devoted. Oh, that's just, you know, we're, we're going to do this and we're going to be encouraging. But we're just thinking about people right here next to us. It gets messy when we actually do it like Jesus did it. When we flip the script and we begin to say, no, I'm going to go find people that aren't me, that aren't just like me. And I'm going to go and I'm going to, I'm going to love them 
and I'm going to love them, and I'm going to love them, and I'm going to love them, and they're going to use me, and they're going to say things, and they're going to do things, and I'm going to say, you know what? It doesn't change me. There's nothing you can do that I'm going to go, oh, I, oh you, it's like a child having a temper tantrum. Anybody ever seen that one? <laughs> when they get on the floor, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> ah! <laughs> and you go, oh, look, you obviously are upset. <laughs> you don't get on the floor and start crying. With, ah! You don't go right there next to them. Those who've already received, we go beside me and say, hey, that doesn't faze me. He goes on to say, bless those who curse you and pray for those who mistreat you. When's the last time that happened? We want to talk about those who mistreat us. We want to share with everybody when they've done that. This is what Jesus said. And then he said, and in, in, uh, again, he went a little later in the chapter. He went and said a lot of things, giving to them, doing all kinds. But in, in, in uh, Luke 6, 32, he said, if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? What, what, if, if we just love those who love us and it's all good and we just have our little love fest, hey, I love you, I love you. Yeah, no, we're not going there. We could. Some of y'all may not know. Some of y'all are like, oh, a purple dinosaur. Help us, Jesus. Even sinners love those who love them. What does that do for us? And I love this. I want to ask you a question. What, this, this is going, what has Jesus asked you to do? that has taken you out of your comfort zone. What, what's Jesus asked you to do? Because I know this. If you say, Mark, not really anything, then I know this. I know you might want to open the other ear because one ear's going, I love you, I need you. The other one's going, hey, I need you, I need you. I want, I want you to use you to reach somebody else. What has Jesus asked you to do that has taken you out of your comfort zone? Because we want to keep... It's our natural, it's our nature. We want to be comfortable. I mean, let's be honest. We like hot water, okay? Can everybody say amen? amen. <laughs> our missionaries in the back are like, amen. <laughs> the Haitians back there are like, woo. If you've never taken a shower in Jamaica, up in the mountains where they got no hot water and it's just cold and you're like, okay, I'm quick. It's a quick one. Um, we like our comfort. We like air conditioner. We like, we like heat and we like AC. We can keep it room temperature everywhere we go. And when we get outside of that, well, we like that also with people around us. We try to gather people around us because we don't want to be infected. Or we don't want to be, uh, we don't want to have them around us. It may make us look bad. I hope you start looking bad a little bit more here. Because that's what Jesus said in, in Matthew eleven eighteen and 19. It says, for John came neither eating nor drinking, and they said he had a demon, because John just was repenting. The kingdom of heaven is in hand. Repent, be baptized. And it said, the Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they said, here is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is proved right by her deeds. How cool would it be to be called a friend of sinners and tax collectors? That's not something we strive for, but it's something we should it's something we should say, Lord, use me, pick me, put, put me in there. Let me be used to make a difference in somebody's life. That's why I want to ask you this next question. In what ways has the power of the gospel changed you and caused you to stand out? Hey, guys, um, can I use Jesus' word in Matthew 5? You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Not you're going to be. 
You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. You're the change agent. You're the one that brings truth. You bring the, the understanding of God's grace and His love to those around us. Then in Matthew seven twelve, and I'll, I'll wind this thing up right here. So in everything you do, do to others what you'd have them do for you or do to you. For this sums up all the Old Testament. Let me ask you a question here. Can you remember a person who shared and showed the love of Jesus to you? Can, can, you remember, can you remember a person who shared and showed the love of Jesus to you before you became a Christian? Can you remember that person? What did they say or do that influenced you? Y'all, 34 years ago today, 34 years ago today, I walked into this church. I came walking up that breezeway. And as I was walking up that breezeway, there was a man standing at the front door. His name was Pete Ward. Many of y'all don't know Pete. Some of y'all do. Pete Ward had just picked his two daughters and his niece up from jail on Friday night because they were in, car, they were in the car with me because I got busted for crossing a center line. It was my third time. I was looking at a long time in jail. Ten years. I'd come to this church two years earlier, and I sat right over in here, right over there where Kim is, right there, wave Kim, I was right about there, hey girl. <laughs> I came to this church, and I smoked a joint on the way to church, walked into the sanctuary high. I thought I was high. <laughs> I realize now there ain't no high like the most high. Just go ahead and say it. <laughs> come on now. <laughs> You can use that if you want. <laughs> I, I, I coined it a while back when I had people give me a hard time. I left the church. I never came back. I didn't. I was like, I just looked at you people like y'all weird. Y'all worshiping hands raised. I'm like, this was open. And by the way, praise God, we'll be sharing more in the weeks to come of how what we're going to be doing, how we're going to do it. But this was a skylight, and I kept looking from over there. I was like, what are they looking? What are they looking at? Why are they lifting their hands? I, this little Catholic boy didn't know anything. I was like, what are they doing? I never came back till two years after. I'm, I'm, I said, I need help. I need Jesus. I need, I need to know he's real. In this place, they believe Jesus is real. I don't remember anybody's name. I don't remember anything. I just remember y'all just going after God. I was like, I need him. And I came walking up here. And when I asked that question, what did anybody do? So I'm walking up that breezeway. I see these two girls and their cousin, their dad, and their uncle right there. And I'm thinking... I'll just go ahead and say this. They didn't do anything to stand out. We didn't talk about Jesus on the way to the party. They weren't sharing Jesus with me. They were sharing other things with me, but not Jesus. And as I came walking up, I thought, okay, we're fixing to fight. That was my nature. I deserve to be punched in the face because you had to pick your daughters up from jail. And I'm thinking, all right, go ahead. But you better make it good. You better knock me out. Because after that, we're going to roll. Then we'll go to church. Just like good Catholic and Irish Americans we do. <laughs> my dad was Irish. Like, you fight, you go to church. Okay, well, ask the Father forgive me. Um, but as I came walking up, and I was, a root, I was a mess. I just knew I had to get in here. And if, it, if I had to go through him to get there, I'm going. But he did something that ruined my world. And I had no idea. I was not prepared for it. 
I'm prepared to fight. And this man who had just picked his two daughters and his niece up from jail on Friday night, he looked at me and said, Mark, I said, yes, Mr. Ward. He said, I'd like for you to sit with my family and I. I said, what? I mean, I didn't even say, I was just like, I just sat there dumbfounded. I'm just like, inside I'm going, this man wants me to sit with him? You just picked your daughters and niece up from jail, and you want me to sit. And I sat right over there where Curtis is, right over there. Curtis, wave at me right there. I was sitting right over there. <laughs> I remember very vividly. And I just, that morning, I said, Lord, I was ruined. I'd, nobody had ever demonstrated that type of love to me that, hey, I didn't deserve anything. You deserved to punch me in the face, and I deserved it. And I was going to give him one, but that's all. But, uh. I didn't know anything about turning the other cheek. I didn't know any scripture, okay? Forgive me. But as I I did, I sat there through that service and listened to a man who became my mentor, Billy Godwin. And he preached, and everybody's laughing and cutting up, and they're having a good time, and I'm sitting there convicted of everything. I'm just... And those two girls that thought I was so cool in the car Friday night (laughs) didn't want to sit next to me like, oh, my gosh, he's crying, Lord Jesus that was not cool to them. They started, you, you know, you can read, they start easing away like, oh, he's crap. And it wasn't one of those soft light. It was like, <laughs> where everybody around goes, what is wrong with him? Like he must have sinned. Yes, he did a lot. But I remember coming to this altar right here 34 years ago today. My prayer was, Lord, if you can do anything, anything with this life, it's yours. I I can't do it. Whatever you can do, it's yours. Here 34 years later, God's blessed me to pastor one of the most awesome churches in America. And I mean that with people that I've spent years and decades with. That we've walked through rough times together and we've walked through great times and telling you with these guys here to be a part of that y'all it's only just begun we've done well but there is so much more that God has for us and my my biggest fear people when when they were saying hey you're going to take I'm like no I'm not taking over anything all I'm doing is got to listen I got to spend more time listening (laughs) this way because I used to sit and let our pastor emeritus I would I'd let Bill Lincoln, he was the one who, I was like, I just, okay, what are we doing? <laughs> when, I, when, it, when, it, when it was switched, I was like, oh, i got to spend more time, Lord, what are you saying? And by the way, next, next Sunday, our pastor Meredith, he'll be sharing. We'll be, can you relate? We'll be talk, looking at spouses. It's going to be a fun time. If you don't have one, you need to come and listen because you can learn something. If you got one, you need to come and listen because it'll be, <laughs> be more encouraging. That'll be next Sunday, so he'll be sharing. But for this morning... Maybe you're here and you think you're impossible. Maybe you're the one that, you're the, you're the one out of the 99 that Jesus came to leave and said, I, I want that one. Where everybody else says, no, I don't want them. I choose that one. That's who I run after. I mean, God loves us here, but he runs after the 91. He'll, he'll run after the one. He'll leave us and go run out there and grab somebody that's not us. And God wants us to do the same thing. And so this morning, if you would, if you'd, Bow your heads with me at this time. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm wondering if 
as your head's bowed and your eyes closed, and there's nothing real spiritual about that, the only reason I do that is it gives you an opportunity to be alone. Because there's going to be a standing at that day, the day we were talking about when we first began, there won't be anybody besides you, your mom, your dad, your best friend, your wife, your husband, your child. It'll be you before your Lord. It's going to be either an awesome, glorious, terrible, incredible day, or it's going to be an awesome, glorious, terrible, terrifying day because of how awesome He is. I just want to know and give you an opportunity. Maybe you're that one that that needs Jesus to say, Lord, save me. Lord, I, I give you my life. Maybe you've heard about him and you've never surrendered to him. This would be a great day to do that. And if you'd like to do that, I'm going to just ask you to do me a favor. If you would, just slip your hand up wherever you are in the sanctuary. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Anybody else? Praise the Lord. Anybody else? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. This is between you and God. This isn't between... You and me, this is between you and you and the Lord. I'm not going to ask you to come down forward. That's up to you and the Lord. I will be praying for you. We believe that you're going to go public when you get baptized. But this is a very personal decision. Thank you, Lord. You can put your hands down. I'm going to ask everybody that would like to, at this time, if you'd pray with me. Just pray this simple prayer that I prayed 34 years ago. Father God. I've made a mess of my life. But I believe that Jesus Christ, your son, came to save me. I choose as an act of my will to give you my life. And in return, I receive your life. Come into me. Change my life. You call the shots. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It's the greatest thing you'll ever do. It's the greatest thing you will ever do this side of heaven. And I want to I help you with that. If you did that, if you'd fill that out, fill out the card, as, as I mentioned earlier, the Connect card, we would, it would be our honor to help you walk through that, fill that out, and say, hey, the first Sunday of every month we have baptism. That's where you go public with that crazy, incredible decision you made. But I do want this as well. I'm going to pray for us. And I'm going to ask God to start tearing down your tent a little bit. The tattered tent that you've been hanging out and hanging on to. I hope it begins, the top blows off. (laughs) And you go, whew. You go, oh, wow. There's incredible people here that God wants me to reach. If you would stand up with me at this time. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I hope you've experienced the presence of God in your life this morning. It's our desire. It's a joy of ours. That's what you're here for. That's what we're here for is to help you connect with God. That's his main purpose. And then we walk that through together. Thank you, Lord. But if you would open your hands, I'm going to pray for us and bless you because I want, I, I mean, there's so much opportunity in this city. There's so many people that God wants to reach and there's no way one person can do that really not one church. There's a wonderful churches all around here that I love dearly. Pastors, that if I wasn't a pastor, I'd go there. But God's called me here. And so this is what we're supposed to do. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you for these, your servants. I thank you, Lord, for giving them ears to hear. Giving them eyes to see. 
but more importantly, giving them a heart to feel. Lord, anybody in here that their heart's gotten hard and heart of stone, that, Lord, you'd begin to break that up. You said in Ezekiel 36, 26, you'd give them a heart of flesh, one that has compassion, that when they see others that are less fortunate, Lord, there wouldn't be any judgment. There'd be a handout to help them up, that you would, you would use them to reach others. Lord, I thank you for doing it. Bless them with that right now in Jesus' name. And Father God, you're the creator of the universe. You're the one who commanded blessing to be spoken over your people where your name might be placed on them. And that in so doing, Lord, you would do the blessing. And so I say to each one of you, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift the light of his countenance on you and give you his peace as you go out into his field, into his harvest field and reach many for him in Jesus' name.